like knowing your cycle when you know your body you can't fuck that shit up unless you're ignoring a sign hello and welcome to the feminine as fuck podcast i'm your host monica yates a period and icf certified women's life coach and i help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow in these episodes we will be talking about all things periods hormones confidence health food money sex business feminine flow your brain energy and all the stuff that goes through our heads you will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hey friends, we are back with another episode. So this is part two of what was part one of the different birth control options. So I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous one and we talked about hormonal birth control options and now we're going to talk about the non-hormonal birth control options. Now, a reminder that you're, oh, it's 4.44, reminder that your time is seriously running out to join the mastermind. Like, it's probably closing today, actually, depending when this comes out. So if you haven't already booked a discovery call or if you had a discovery call with me and you were sitting on the fence and you want to join, you need to because the next round isn't going to be till August. I looked up my like planner thing and I was like, what the fuck? But that's how it works out with everything that's going on this year and all the different programs. So if this is for you, like, let me know. We'll make it work um, because I don't want you to miss out. And it's so good for your hormones. Like I was saying last episode, the amount of women that have gotten their periods back and like regulated their cycle from doing the feminine work is like amazing. So, okay, non-hormonal forms of birth control. Now, as I said in the last episode that I want to quickly repeat here in case you don't go back and listen to that one because you're not interested in the hormonal ones, which is fine. Um... This is just to educate you. It's not to tell you that one option is better than the other. It's literally just so that you have all the education so you can make an informed decision because we don't get educated like this at school or at the doctors. So here am I, Dr. Monica. Lol, if I was ever a doctor, I would like die when I have to like do a needle. Okay, so the first one is the diaphragm. Now, diaphragms are non-hormonal silicone structures and they are put into your vagina before you have sex. They have to be used in conjunction with a spermicide in order to prevent a sperm from reaching the egg. With typical use, and remember what I said last time, with typical use and perfect use. So typical use is us. It's the average woman, and the average woman forgets things. She has alcohol. um, She has gut issues sometimes, that jazz. The typical use failure rate is actually what you want to be looking at. Um, Now, if you use the diaphragm without spermicide, the perfect use failure rate is 6% and the typical use failure rate is 12%. It's a little bit higher, right? But if you use it with spermicide, um, if you use it with spermicide, then it's going to lower it a little bit. It's just that with spermicide, it can be very irritating for you. I'm not a, I, I really just don't vibe with that because like you're literally putting shit in your body that just like kills like you know oh my gosh you know what I'm thinking of did you guys ever watch like your mum garden when you were little and she would pour stuff on like slugs and they would sizzle up oh yuck that's what I'm thinking of when you put spermicide up your vagina and it like shrivels up and kills and just like zaps all of the sperm like oh not a vibe um I know it's not like what like you're not gonna fucking feel it like a giant slug but like that's what I'm thinking of, and I'm just like, mm, no. So spermicide um, is like quite toxic, so um, I prefer not to use that, but again, up to you. So that's the diaphragm, and it's um, 88% effective at preventing pregnancy, um, and obviously it's going to be on the higher side of um, effectiveness, quote-unquote, if you're preventing pregnancy, um, if you use a spermicide. 
Now, you can insert it up to two hours before you have sex and you need to leave it in for six hours afterwards. Okay, remember that. That's the diaphragm. The next one is the sponge. So the birth control sponge is a piece of plastic foam. Again, not a vibe of plastic, but anyway, it's inserted into the vagina prior to intercourse again. It's similar to the diaphragm in that it prevents sperm from entering the uterus. Um, but while spermicide, you know, must be manually applied to the diaphragm, the sponge actually releases spermicide. So it's still, it's actually less effective than the diaphragm. It's 76% effective. Um, so really not a high percentage. So I would not recommend that. And again, like the diaphragm sponge does not protect against, um, any STIs. Okay. Um, the next one is the cervical cap. So the cervical cap sits around your cervix and you can leave a, cer a cervical cap in place for up to two days and you, you can use it with like a non-toxic gel and that typical use failure rate is 8%. So a little bit higher than um, the diaphragm, which is awesome. That's typical use. So that's pretty good. Uh, you know what that is? That's actually a better rate than uh, the pill. The pill's typical use failure rate is 9%. This is 8%. So... I'd go with this one if I were you ladies. That's that's a cervical cap without spermicide. Um, and that looks great. So it literally just sits around your cervix and it blocks the sperm from going up into your fallopian tubes and obviously um, implanting into an egg. Okay? So that could be a good one to be using when you're ovulating. Uh, but again, doesn't protect against STIs. So you need to use a condom anyway if you are not with like a long-term partner. The next one is the female condom. So the female condom is similar to a male condom, except it's inserted into the vagina before sex. It's also easier to obtain like um, than other non-hormonal birth controls because it's available in most pharmacies. Um, now, with typical use of female condoms, they're only 79% uh, effective. I've got a photographic memory, so I'm trying to remember. Um, they're like 79% effective at preventing pregnancy. So what's that? A 12? Uh, no, hold on, hold on. It's 80. Oh, yeah. So a 21%. Oh, that's not really not good. A 21% um, failure rate. Uh, yeah, not, not very good. Um, however, when it is used in the vagina, uh, female condoms can help protect against the transmissions of STIs. Okay. Uh, next one is condoms so condoms we all know what they are thin barrier of latex um and or lambskin or synthetic fibers placed over your partner's penis um now with correct use female not female with correct use condoms are 98 percent effective amazing right and they th that's perfect use okay so try and be perfect with typical use they're about 85 percent effective now they also protect against STIs. That's obviously amazing because you're killing two birds with one stone. Um, and again, ladies, remember that like if you use the fertility awareness method, which is episode um, you can't get pregnant at any time, we'll link it in the description. If you're using fertility awareness method and then you use condoms when you are ovulating, that's pretty fucking awesome to me, right? Um, but obviously if you're with like different partners, you need to use condoms for STIs. So that is my choice of birth control, right? Fertility awareness method. And then when I'm ovulating, I use uh, a condom. Well, I don't use it. He uses a condom. Uh, okay. So uh, the next one is the fertility awareness method. Now I'm going to give you like a quick overview. And then I just want you to go and listen to that episode because I talk about it in way more depth there. And I don't really want to repeat myself because I also have a client in client in eight minutes. Okay. Fertility awareness method. So completely natural. It's hormone free. You don't even need to buy anything to do it. 
It involves tracking your menstrual cycle. So get my FemFlow journal because it's very helpful for that. Um, now, when you track your cycle, you'll know your days of ovulation. You count back five days, count forward one day. They, they, that's your window of don't have sex or use a condom, right? Now, with perfect use, the fertility awareness method, get this, is 95 to 99% effective. Now, the thing is, you can be perfect use, like, okay, within, like, pretty much perfect, right? Because if you are knowing your body, like, your cervical fluid doesn't lie, right? And your gut, like, your intuition does not lie, ladies, and your cervical fluid does not lie. Now, if you are a bit lazy and you're more of the average person, the percentage does drop to about 76 to 88% effective. But what I will say is that, like, knowing your cycle, when you know your body, you can't fuck that shit up unless you're ignoring a sign. Unless you're like, no, my app said, I wanted to actually say that. Remember, your app does not know when you're ovulating. So if you're using like the Femtech devices and apps, they um, they will use an algorithm and like your body temperature to determine when you're ovulating. But if you have a really bad, say like freak accident or like a car nearly hits you and you're like body stress the fuck out, your body might delay ovulation and push it back, say, seven days. Now, what will happen is your app will be like, oh, you're ovulating, but actually you're not ovulating. You're going to ovulate in four days' time, and your app doesn't know that. So your app doesn't know these like these changes that can happen last minute, but these changes, are they're super um, important to be aware of because they do change your day of ovulation, and your day of ovulation can change month to month, especially if you're in like high-stress jobs. Okay, so if you really... Like, keep a lookout for your cervical fluid. Your body won't lie. The fertility awareness method is very, very effective, okay? Like, a lot of us know when we're fucking ovulating because sometimes it feels like we've got our period in our underwear and it's actually just cervical fluid. So, um, but go back to the episode that I'll link below and you can watch it, like, listen to it there. Okay, the next one is the Femtech devices and apps. Now, these devices, they'll typically use like uh, the temperature method where you measure your temperature because before ovulation, your temperature is between 36.1 and 36.5 degrees Celsius. And then after ovulation, temperature increases by 0.3 degrees Celsius and will stay until you get your period. This is how it tracks when you're ovulating. Okay. Um, but the thing is, like I said before, the app doesn't know if you've delayed ovulation because you know you got hit by a car. So... The apps are great, but do not put all of your faith in the fucking phone because you need to put your faith in the under in your underwear and what is on your toilet paper when you wipe after you pee. Okay, let's talk about the copper IUD and the hormonal IUD. Now, if you are wanting to prevent pregnancy, they obviously both do it. Um, but if you're wanting to prevent pregnancy, you may want to go for the copper IUD because obviously you're not releasing hormones into your body. Now, there are benefits to using the progestin-based IUD, but there's also natural remedies that can be used as well. So if you're using the, the, the hormonal IUD because of endo or heavy periods, painful periods, I mean, you guys are well aware now that they, there's many different natural solutions and I help plenty of my clients get there that have nothing to do with hormonal birth control. So if you need that, make sure that you DM me and we can book you in for a session. Um, or you can get, if you've got a horrendous period, you can get my art of coming off hormonal birth control because everything in there is still going to be relevant to you. Okay. So reasons to use the copper IUD. This is obviously, if you want to avoid the synthetic hormones, you want to have a natural monthly menstrual cycle. You want like a long-term birth control option or you're in need of emergency contraception. 
reasons to use the hormonal IUD is to reduce or eliminate your monthly flow to stop like really, really heavy menstrual bleeding and to reduce period pain. But also it may not reduce period pain because it can cause more inflammation. Now, I've already talked about some of the scary side effects of the IUD, like perforation, where the IUD attaches to your uterus and all like bust through. Um, it can also lead to scarring, damaged organs, infections, infertility, and like obviously really big time surgery. So that placement is really important and you want to make sure that you've got a pro to place it. Um, now the risk of perforation is only about one in every 1000 IUDs, um, place, but I will say I've seen a lot of cases of it being perforated. So, you know, that stat, I'm like, okay, but like, how is it that I know like pretty much every one, you know, I feel like it could be actually be a little bit higher than that. Um, now the signs of like, you know, something could be wrong is the excessive pain, increased bleeding or not being able to feel the string. That's a sign that you want to definitely go to your doctor. Okay. Um, now also what I want to say with the hormonal IUD is there is a breast, breast cancer risk, um, risk, right? A study in the New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, New England Journal of Medicine looked at um, 1.8 million women aged between 15 to 49 and found that those women that were using the IUDs and hormonal contraception were associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. They actually found a 20% increase risk of breast cancer um, in women who use hormonal birth control compared to women that use non-hormonal birth control, okay? That's just like a little thing. Now, there's also the depression risk, which we're, which a lot of us are pretty aware of, um, that it's been confirmed that hormonal birth control does have a very high risk of depression. And in fact, the IUD um, and hormonal birth control, they have a three-time risk of suicide compared to women who have never used hormonal birth control. That's fucking scary. Um, that's another thing. Okay. They're, they're, um, that's hormonal IUDs. Okay. Like just being really aware of those things before you make that choice. Um, then you've got the copper IUD. Now the copper IUD does come with often very heavy and sometimes painful periods after it's put in. Generally they say it takes about eight months to a year for the side effects to like calm down but it's very often that women will get the IUD the copper IUD and they will be non-stop bleeding for quite a while okay um, now the benefit obviously is with the copper IUD that you will still have your monthly cycle so your hormones are not going to be fucked but the downside can be very heavy periods um, now there was actually a study comparing copper IUD with the hormonal IUD in 3,800 women, and they found that the copper IUD users reported greater increase in blood flow and much more cramping than the non-hormonal IUD group. So something to consider, okay? Um, and let's remember that these do have a very, very high uh, efficient, like a, um, they're very, very effective if you're wanting to avoid pregnancy. But for me personally, I don't want to deal with the side effects. Now, People also wonder about copper toxicity, okay? It's been recommended that further studies need to, like, be conducted to understand if there could be, um, you know, copper toxicity. Um, but what I will say is it is really important that you have a correct zopper. Uh, That's interesting. What's well, kind of the two combined? Copper to zinc ratio. So adequate zinc is very important for you to maintain the correct ratio of copper to zinc in the body. Um so you want to make sure, and like, and actually quite a lot of research for women that are, um, post giving post, post pregnancy, like post natal, is that the right word? 
yeah, I'm tired. Postnatal. Um, they've linked uh, high carbon levels to postnatal depression. So you do want to make sure that you're having adequate zinc. And I mean, you know, you can supplement with zinc, but the thing with supplements is that they aren't in conjunction with other nutrients. So it is high. It is more likely that you can overdose on supplements than like eating too much lamb. So zinc, so lamb is the highest form of zinc, has the highest form of zinc. And then second to that is pumpkin seeds, but there is a big gap between the level of zinc. So if you can, if you are not vegan, I would definitely recommend having um, lamb if you have a copper IUD. Um, you know, if you do have too much copper, you can have immune dysfunction, insomnia, you know, mood swings, irritability, depression, hair loss, that sort of stuff. So just make sure that with your doctor that you are, um, you know, making sure that your ratios are intact. Okay. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to also mention was pelvic inflammatory disease. So when compared with hormonal IUDs, copper IUDs do have a greater risk of pelvic inflammatory disease. Like no wonder there's a fucking rot up there. Um, and this condition is where the uterus, fallopian tubes and or ovaries can become like very infected and inflamed, which just sounds horrible. Hey, now, this usually occurs because of a sexually transmitted infection, which IUDs do not protect against. Um, but symptoms that occur with pelvic inflammatory disease include fever, pain, discharge, like different discharge, new onset of pain with sex, um, uh, pain with like jarring movements, that sort of stuff. Um, and about a third of a women, a third of women have, uh, sorry, about a third of women that have. Um, uh, pelvic inflammatory disease, they see abnormal bleeding between cycles after sex or a heavier period. Um, so there is a greater risk of you having PID if you are on a copper IUD as well, just as like a little side note. Okay. So ladies, there are all your options. You might want to go back and re-listen to this episode. Um, watch the previous episodes. They are all of your options for, um, non-hormonal forms of birth control. I hope that that was a helpful two-part series episode um please make sure that if you haven't booked your, your discovery calls for baba mastermind if you want a discovery call for new york x y and z let me know tickets are running out for new york this is the last u.s event that i'm going to be doing for a very long time because hashtag, hashtag visa issues um so get on this because i don't know when the next one's going to be i like to just work in flow and this year for me is actually about having more rest time and not being so type eight Enneagram and Sagittarius where I'm just constantly pushing and working. Although I don't really push. I just like work a lot. Um, so if you are feeling pulled, please do what you can to come. It is the most amazing fucking event. Like I know you guys know this, but like, I just really want you to know that there is so much thought that goes into these events. Um, there's so much purpose behind every single thing that we do. So please really sit with yourself, sit with your intuition and check in to see if it feels good for you. Oh, something else I want to mention as well, actually. Um, I have been uploading a lot of videos to my IGTV that are not necessarily on the podcast. So um, go check out my IGTV as well. I'm going to do a um, Instagram live about how to tap into your intuition. But I did one the other week about getting your sign from the universe. So um, go and check out my IGTV as well, because there's lots of like short videos um, on there that are really, really helpful that I know a lot of women and men have been like mind blown of. So go check those out. Go get your New York tickets. Go book your discovery calls for whatever you need to book your discovery calls or slide yourself into my DMs and I will direct you where you need to go or we can just have a chat and catch up and I can like tell you how I do my hair. I get a lot of questions about my hair. Um, I don't really do that much to it, which is 
surprises people. Anyway, um, I'm going to love you and leave you all. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 